This is a conversation with Francois Leininger, master's student at Princeton University School of Architecture, on his research on the architecture of presidential libraries. The interviewer was Trudy Watt. Produced for Attention, the audio journal for architecture, by Griffin Ofish. My name is Francois Leninger. I'm uh, an architect from France, and I just uh, completed a post-professional master's degree here at Princeton University. In this piece, Trudy Watt, a master's student at Princeton School of Architecture, sits down with Francois to talk about Francois's recent research into one of America's odd architectural traditions, the Presidential Library. The previous summer, Francois went on a 31-day trip to 10 different states, visiting all 13 presidential libraries across the U.S. At each location, he recorded formal interviews with the library's architects, archivists, and administrators. The trip started in Hyde Park, New York, then, alternating between flying and renting cars, he went to Boston, Atlanta, Grand Rapids, Michigan, West Branch, Iowa, Abilene, Kansas, Independence, Little Rock, Dallas, Austin, College Station, Texas, and finally Los Angeles. He used this research as a jumping point for his master's thesis in which he developed an alternate model for the presidential library. Francois currently lives in New York City, and he says that his research has not continued yet, but it is still very much on his radar. Maybe you can give a brief rundown of the projects that you did. I'm curious to talk about sort of the, some of the specific stories of interviews that I know that you did with architects, um, the one that you mentioned, um, sort of navigating those conversations and um, whatever discoveries you might have made, and also this, yeah, like approaching approaching not only what might seem like uh, like famous architects, but also something as what seems as big as like a government project. Okay, so I guess the the story started when I um, came with this idea to do research on presidential library. Before I actually, before I came to Princeton, I had this idea. Um, and part of the challenge for me during this uh, master's degree was to figure out a way to make this research happen at Princeton. Uh, while I was also doing all the required things that I needed to do for my degree. So um, I would say that this, for me this uh, adventure started during a um, previous trip across the U.S. when I discovered this presidential library by chance. And um, I had this intuition that it would be a good subject for research because it um, brought together um, architecture and politics in an interesting way and uh, in a way that was specific to the U.S. This is an institution that doesn't exist, to my knowledge, doesn't exist anywhere else. Which library was it that you encountered first? Uh, I was traveling um, I was traveling in Texas, Arkansas, and um, I... Um, let me think. Yeah, I first discovered it in Austin. I went to the LBJ library kind of by chance because uh, uh, the uh, politically related uh, uh, places and museums uh, were for us always a good, um, um, a good thing uh, to uh, stop uh, and visit during our road trips. And uh, so we naturally, when we saw the LBJ Library, we just went there straight and we liked it very much. And then we saw that the Clinton Library was also in our route. And so after, do, after visiting two of these uh, libraries, uh, I, had a, I had a feeling that that would be an interesting uh, trip to make. Hmm. And presidential libraries are, are like a 
kind of a curious creature in that they're not they're not like public libraries. It's like a sort of a different type of institution. Right. So there, there's a, there's this idea that presidential libraries are not only uh, an archive uh, depository. It's not only a library. It is uh, also obviously a museum, but uh, it's also doing a lot of outreach at the local level. So it's a cultural institution with a lot going on, um, which is in itself interesting. And there is this all this other component, which is that uh, for me, a French uh, architect visiting the U.S., uh, I wanted to understand why um, a, uh, an architectural project with such an interesting and rich program um, uh, bringing together the most famous uh, client possible and um, many times a very famous architect um, never make it to the architectural books. No one really cares about these projects and these projects a lot of times are not so interesting from an architectural point of view. So. I had this sort of very simple, basic question at the, uh, to, to, as, a, as a starting point. Why uh, such a project is never really so interesting from an architectural point and of view? And did you find that there, so what, what, what did you find in terms of who's paying attention to those presidential libraries? And did you discover anything, any answers that satisfied you in, in terms of that question? The answer is obviously more complicated than that, but I think that uh, on the one hand, uh, these libraries, um, one of their goal, I think, is to um, be um, to be appealing to a very, very large public, maybe the, the, the largest public uh, that you can imagine, because in these libraries, you're gonna find um, together in one room, um, the average kind of public coming to uh, be uh, entertained, uh, to uh, look at uh, history, uh, um, but to have fun as well. So it has to be appealing to this kind of public. And also you will find uh, world-class scholars working on their new book. Um, and so, I think that because you because these institutions have to bridge that gap between these two completely opposite publics, um, there's a lot of compromise in the way things are done, um, and that's that was part of my research later on. I think that the 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 fact that these these uh, institutions are going towards a very entertaining kind of model uh, makes it much less appealing to uh, the architectural community and so on. So I'm curious about the compromise that you just mentioned, um, because it's easy, I think, coming from an architectural perspective to imagine that it's the architect who's compromising um, his or her design goals. And I wonder what, if there's compromise on both sides. Is uh, the compromise in the process of making, in the commissioning of the library? Like, wh where where do you, no, do you see that happening? I wouldn't say that the architect is uh, that, that the, the main thing is that the architecture is compromised. I think that uh, it's compromised earlier on when, when uh, these, uh, um, when the, the, the teams in charge of putting together a presidential library project uh, create a program, uh, select a site, um, invent a way to tell this uh, story, uh, they 
are not creating a very innovative uh, kind of institution from uh, my point of view, which is the point of view of an architect who has dealt in the past with uh, museum institutions and, and, uh, and other kind of cultural institutions. Um, and then an architect is hired to do uh, a design for this kind of program. Um, so that's, I, I'm, for me, the compromise comes uh, earlier, before the design, and that was the whole purpose of my, of my uh, thesis project later on. Um, but for me, it was very interesting that these uh, libraries are uh, very um, popular, uh, easy to uh, access, very open kind of institutions that are also decentralized in sometimes very small cities where there's not much around. Uh, this is the opposite of a uh, big uh, national museum uh, on the National Mall or uh, a, a, a big museum in New York City, right? Uh, you are sometimes in the middle of, of Kansas or in, in Texas or in Arkansas. There's not a lot of these uh, libraries and sudden of these uh, uh, cultural institutions there. And suddenly uh, a very large cultural institution that is uh, going to bring... Um, um, very important archives and also create a big museum with a lot of money behind uh, is coming to these places um, and that creates a whole dynamic economic dynamic uh, uh, and also a cultural dynamic for these for these uh, cities That's and it seems like the libraries are successes sort of in spite of them themselves in spite of this sort of compromise which I hear the way I hear what you're saying is that w what you're implying is there's a kind of a dilution or a compromise in that it's not an innovative program. Um, and then to boot the whole thing, maybe located in, in rural Texas or something, in a place that likely has something to do with the president's biography, the client's biography, rather than um, being located in a place that might be particularly good for, for cultural institutions, but that in spite of all that, they still dr are drawing, it sounds like, a large audience yeah maybe maybe we need to be a little bit more specific at this point uh, because it's it's a little bit more complicated than that because there, there are 13 libraries today some of them are located in the middle of nowhere others are located in big cities mm -hmm. and others are located close to very big cultural centers like Los Angeles for example there's two in in LA um, so obviously the, um, um, the, 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 the condition and the, the situation and the outcome is different uh, between the different libraries. Also the audience uh, is going to be related to um, the, the president and the, the older the president, the smaller the audience in general for obvious reasons because uh, as the um, generations of people who knew the president pass away, um, well, the new generations are interested by the president that they have known, uh, or maybe the president that uh, their, their, their parents voted for because they grew up in this, in this era. So all the libraries are going to face this prime of an audience that is going to disappear as the time passes. Um, so this is one thing. The other thing is um, some president decided to do, um, to, to do uh, libraries and museums that are going to um, attract a huge audience because they became um, a mix of a history museum and an ent uh, entertaining kind of place where you uh, will have uh, attractions, you will have uh, um, uh, you will have uh, 
uh, attracting uh, artifacts like Air Force One. And so most people going to the Reagan Library, I bet, are coming first because they know that Air Force One is going to be the end of their uh, tour. Um, is it a good reason uh, to generate such an audience? Is it? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, I think that uh, uh, it is a reason uh, for some of the libraries to be more attractive than the other. It is truly a funny thing that you go to a library to see an airplane at the end of your tour. So this is an important yeah. point. Uh, we are, we're talking about presidential libraries, but most people go to a presidential museum. Um, and then there is the library, but uh, the library is very um, uh, is very open. Anyone uh, in the U.S. or in the world can request uh, to get access to a specific document. But obviously, just a small portion of people are going to do that: scholars, historians, uh, people doing research, or uh, maybe the schools. The teachers are going to are going to put requests and bring their students. Uh, things like that. But most people are going to come to a presidential museum and they are not going to even see the presidential library. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and so then the, the museum that at the beginning was just a small room uh, in the Roosevelt um, project, it was just a small room where he would put his souvenirs, uh, became a, a huge part of the, of the institution, bigger and bigger and bigger. And one of the, uh, I would say, uh, uh, specificities of these uh, presidential uh, museums is that they use uh, um, reproductions of uh, White House spaces and uh, artifacts that are related to uh, the president, like Air Force One, the cars, the limos, the, the helicopters, because that's what people want to see. Um, and so they reproduce the Oval Office, they reproduce the cabinet room, they reproduce sometimes uh, entire parts of the, of the, um, the White House and they uh, put the uh, archives uh, and the artifacts in display in these reproductions. Uh, and the, the, the most recent development is that now they propose to the people to uh, sort of play, a, um, uh, to, to imagine that they are part of the administration as part of the, uh, of the process. So uh, what would you do if you were the president? We're gonna give you uh, a situation, uh, we're going to give you a few choices and you will have to decide and you're going to better understand what is it to be a president. This is sort of taking over the model. Uh, people don't go so much because there will be a lot to learn but because you will experience which is it's the Disneyland uh, part of this, uh, of this story. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I'm, like as you describe, I'm thinking of two things. You d as you describe like the sort of items and artifacts and spaces that are installed and on display in presidential museums, you sort of like imagine the wax figure of the president, like that 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 he ought to be there too in some some like hyper realistic, Madame Tussaud sort of way. But then also that this idea of role playing, what does it mean to be the president, seems to be intimately related to why you would be interested in going to a presidential library to begin with. You know, bef before perhaps like the generation of this sort of role playing program, um, where you go because you have an affinity, like I voted for that president or my mom voted for that president. I mean, this this would maybe this would be the optimistic way to see that, but uh, uh, you know uh, the. I, I remember this uh, this text uh, from Umberto Eco in the 70s, uh, Travel in uh, Hyper Reality. He was uh, uh, talking about the LBJ Library at the time, 
um, a fortress of solitude. He was uh, uh, referring to the Madame Tussauds everywhere in America, where you see all these uh, uh, wax figures. And, 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 and the, the presidential library for him was, uh, was exactly that at the time. Now, uh, 40 years later, uh, we moved from that kind of model, even though wax figures are still there, uh, to a um, role-playing because uh, now we are uh, uh, in the era of interactivity. People have to uh, be able to access a lot of things and to change from, to, to move from one subject to the other very quickly. They have to be able to touch a screen and they have to be able to role-play because that's what uh, is attractive. Um, so for, for, for me, obviously, the fact I kind of understand the whole thing, I understand why they're moving towards that model. I just have a very hard time thinking that's such an interesting kind of starting point, presidential archives, contemporary history, history in the making, because these, these museums opened just four years after presidency, so there's no distance. So it means that the whole work of uh, understanding history and, and, and putting together this story in a correct way is going to have to happen inside the institution after it opens. Um, all this is very interesting, and if it if it, if it ends up going towards the uh, role-playing and Disneyland kind of thing, it becomes completely absurd. And, and, and so how do you explain that? And how can you imagine as an architect a different kind of outcome? Yeah, so I want to ask then specifically, like, I'm, I'm, I wonder if, if that was something that came up often in your interviews with architects. Maybe you could talk a little bit about some specific experiences that you had. Um, if, if that sort of like immediate palpable making of history was a consideration in the design process um. so so the way the the way I, I envisioned this uh, this research was to do interviews because there was a lot to cover and there was not a lot of time uh, especially because our uh, um, this is not a PhD it's a master so you have just a few months to put together the research and then to react and to put together a proposal so uh, for me the interview uh, process was interesting because uh, I would a, have access to these people directly, which is always more interesting, and also I could uh, uh, cover a lot of subjects in a short amount of time. So I started with architects, but I just uh, interviewed two of them because I very quickly understood that that wouldn't, that wouldn't be interesting for me that much to, to talk to the architects. It would be much more interesting to talk to the people who hire the architects and put together the programs for the architects. So I started with... Uh, um, an architect, a retired architect who worked for IMP for 15 years on the uh, JFK project. Uh, that was my first sort of, uh, uh, my introduction to the subject. Um, I then were, uh, talked to the, the architect in charge of the W. Bush Library right now for uh, Robert Stern in New York. Um, I, I think that these architects talked a lot about design, talked a lot about uh, how do you, uh, um, use design to uh, um, translate this idea of the, the gravitas of the presidency, uh, uh, sort of uh, a design that would be at the same time uh, modest, uh, but, but serious enough to represent the presidency, all that. Um, and then they talked a little bit about uh, what's going on inside uh, the museums. Uh, but I wasn't really going anywhere because at the end of the day, uh, how can I say that? Um, they had to respond to a very precise scope. There was a lot of constraints. Um, so I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't um, understand fully all these questions if I was talking only to architects. So in order to talk to the clients, I couldn't obviously talk to a president. Um, so I started to call these people. I just took my phone and I called the first library. And I, uh, I imagined that if I was lucky enough to get um, a commitment from the first one, I could then call the second one and say, look, the first one said yes, so why don't you say yes as well? And very quickly, I had uh, the 13 people on board with me. So uh, then uh, I uh, put together a, um, a, a travel, uh, a trip project where I would travel to each of these libraries in, in, in one month. And uh, I would uh, uh, dedicate at least two days uh, in each library. Obviously, two days is nothing. I would have uh, probably uh, dedicated a week if I wanted to do things correctly. Uh, but I didn't have that kind of money and that kind of time. So uh, two days in each library and the first day I would typically visit the, the place. And the second day I would uh, uh, meet with the director, uh, sometimes also with the archivi archivist. And I would uh, do a, um, an interview, filmed interview, uh, where I would ask uh, all these questions uh, related to uh, uh, the architecture, but also related to the program, their vision for the museum and also their vision for the future of the museum because most of these libraries are already thinking about how to um, uh, renovate their uh, museum in order to attract more public um, and, uh, and so on and so on. And, and, and most of the time, uh, the, the, the previous interview would inform uh, how I would conduct the next one. And the, the last interview was much more interesting than the first one, obviously, because I was also learning how to do this as I was doing it, and I was learning what these libraries were mm. as I was traveling. So what was the last interview like, and what were, like, what were the greatest lessons that you had learned, and you know, how, how were you asking questions, and what kinds of questions did you find yourself asking by the end of the trip? So first, there, there was the very, um, uh, it was the sort of the, the method, how, how, do you, how do you do these kinds of interviews? And I learned uh, very uh, um, quickly that uh, it is an art, obviously, to, to do an interview. And you have to, uh, to be very concise with your questions. And you, you can't, uh, um, uh, ideally, you, you, you um, how can I say that? Um, these people are m most of the time either um, uh, very important scholars in presidential history or um, coming from Washington. They used to work in the administration, and now they're running the library. So people who are used to uh, talk like that. But one of the challenge was uh, that I wanted them to tell me things that are not just politically correct about the, the, the libraries. Uh, and and, and I, ne I needed to learn how to do that along the way. Um, and I eventually uh, um, uh, managed to uh, get a lot of information, probably way too much information. I, could, I couldn't really uh, then deal with all that information after the fact. So uh, there, there would be, there would have a, a good book to, there, there, there could be a, a good bo a book, book project, sorry, uh, with all that uh, material, maybe for the future. Um, so that was the sort of practical aspect of it. Um, and um, and then I, the, my my interest shifted along the way clearly. So at the beginning, I would I would talk a lot about the architecture, and at the end, um, not so much. Mm -hmm. Actually, I would talk a lot about the program. I would talk a lot about the relation of 
um, uh, the, the, this institution with um, the kind of material they have, the fact that uh, uh, um, at uh, during the, the, the earlier uh, years you would you would display the originals and now you just have uh, great copies and, and, and you copy everything. you don't put any original in the in the, uh, in the museum anymore. And so what's the point uh, in, in a way? And also you have more and more in interactive uh, material. So basically they scan everything and they uh, put it uh, uh, on an iPad or uh, and then there is this role playing. And, 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 and most of these pe uh, people that I interviewed were very excited about the, the possibilities offered by this new model. And I was very, very skeptical. So I was increasingly skeptical and they were increasingly uh, excited about it mm. because I was moving west and so I was going to I was going to LA basically that was the end of my trip and uh, the last library that I visited was Reagan and Reagan is kind of the uh, the most uh, um, uh, advanced uh, library in terms of uh, 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 entertainment and uh, using Hollywood as a sort of model to uh, display the presidency and to tell the story and, and present Reagan as a hero. So uh, as I was moving west, I was moving towards that and I was more and more skeptical and they were more and more excited to simplify. Were you openly skeptical or did you try to maintain a neutral like journalistic approach? I don't know. I would have to, I would have to, um, to listen to all these interviews again. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if I was openly skeptical or if I was. Um, my itinerary uh, created this situation where I was going towards Reagan, and when I was visiting the other ones, they, they most uh, of the of the directors told me, "You will see when you go to Reagan what we are talking about." So there was this sort of. I could I could call this trip uh, you know a, a sort of uh, um, journey towards uh, the Reagan Library because it was really about that and obviously the Reagan Library didn't wasn't was not the most interesting uh, place uh, they were all interested for for certain reasons very different reasons uh, Eisenhower was uh, extremely interesting uh, interesting because it was in a small town in Kansas. Uh, Reagan was interesting because they had developed uh, new forms of interactive and uh, role-playing uh, uh, exhibitions that are now uh, going to be also developed for the, the Bush Library. Um, Clinton was interesting because that was a um, much more serious uh, kind of approach for the museum, but at the same time it's, uh, it's, a, it's an approach that uh, doesn't really resolve all the problems because in 10 years people will have uh, seen that and they will have to completely change it and, and the, this, this building is not so adaptable as, as far as I, I, what I saw. Um, so each one had something to give um, and in a, in a more general note I, 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 it was a fantasy of mine that I would one day be able to say okay I'm gonna do a design project uh, on a specific kind of program, but before that, I'm going to be able to visit all the different iterations of this program. And there is a limited amount. You you have only 13 libraries in the world uh, that uh, uh, correspond to this model and to this program, and I can visit all of them. And so my design is going to be well informed because I will have had the, the chance to visit all of them, which is something you never do as an architect. You cannot visit all the good museums when you do a, a museum. You can 
uh, you can visit all the, I don't know, hospitals when you do one. Right. So here I could visit all of them. So then you you have certain skepticisms, skepticisms and criticisms that arise that seem to have been in place to some degree before you embarked on the Butler Fellowship trip, but that, uh, of, of course, evolved over, over the course of the journey. Uh, and I wonder if there was anything at the end of the trip that you could say you felt like firmly ought to be implemented in a program like a presidential library. Were there conclusions that you came to um, about aspects of the program that were on the right trajectory and and aspects of the program that ought to be rethought? I didn't come to any conclusion at the end of the trip, also because that was uh, a rule of mine. Uh, the trip was the beginning, not the so so it wouldn't offer any any uh, answer. It would just give the material, and um, eventually all the the ideas that I developed during the uh, the, the project uh, design uh, phase um, came later during the semester. I needed uh, um, a few months to ingest all the things that I've seen. Uh, also, I needed to create some distance because I was clearly fascinated by these places um, in a positive way. Uh, so you need to then uh, put some distance uh, uh, in order to be able to 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 formulate a, a critic, and to um, and to eventually um, uh, um, propose an alternate uh, model that would be uh, uh, um, distantiated from your fascination. So uh, the trip was was a um, a mix of a uh, rigorous research and an adventure the way road trips in America are always adventures, uh, where you uh, decide on a, on, a, on, a, on a route, and then along the way you have to allow yourself the possibility to discover other things that weren't planned. And uh, that was also part of my uh, goal for this trip, to be a road trip, not just a visit of the presidential libraries, and that, that was very important. Can you give an, an example? Are there any specific moments where something unplanned happened or like a stop that was presidential library or not? Um, something that, that captured that aspect of the American road trip for you? Let me give you a few examples, maybe. Uh, for example, there is a, um, I went to Atlanta for the uh, Carter Library. Uh, in Atlanta is also the uh, M Martin Luther King uh, center where uh, uh, MLK is buried, uh, where there is a um, very uh, a comprehensive um, exhibition telling uh, his story and uh, um, and reviewing all the, the important uh, things that is done. Um, and there's also a sort of uh, 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 social center where uh, there's a lot of activities for the community there's also the place where he's born he was born so in in a, in a way it, it is very similar in pro in terms of programs and, and scale with the presidential library except that it was for mlk so uh that was extremely important for me to uh see that place and to compare it with the presidential libraries 
another another example but uh, that, that didn't uh, belong to this particular trip but uh, for example if you travel uh, to uh, Ohio uh, you're gonna end up going to the uh, creation museum uh, I have no idea that such a place existed in America um, if you visit it you uh, learn a lot about uh, um, <coughs> you learn a lot about uh, um, what you can find in the American roads that is very surprising, uh, the very uh, uh, high-tech museum uh, with a lot of money uh, and uh, a very smart approach uh, based on comparing uh, Darwinism and, and creationism uh, uh, in every room of the museum so that uh, they cannot be uh, uh, critic uh, criticized for... Uh, uh, so yeah, places like that along the way. I, I, I saw so many of them, and um, and in every city there was an opportunity to do a discovery like that that was related or not, or loosely related to uh, the purpose of our trip. And um, we simply didn't have enough time for all the things that we could discover. For example, another thing that we were interested in along the way was that. Uh, Actually, a lot of things in America are named after the president. And so when you go to a presidential library, usually uh, all the things in town, all the roads before, uh, all the highways are going to be named after him. Uh, and you can uh, uh, gouge, I think, the, the you would say in English, uh, the popularity of a president by the amount of things that are named after him in the area. Uh, and so we would go to diners that are named after Roosevelt, to uh, uh, cinemas that are named after the president, then you would use highways to get there, and then you would, uh, we would stop at a hotel that is named after the president, and, and so on and so forth. So it, it became almost a game at some point to, uh, to find these places to complete this, the, 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 the trip. It's interesting to think about you know, all these things that are named after presidents as sort of like a cast of characters that somehow but it tells something about about America and the and the the, the relationship of uh, the country to uh, politics and the historical figures. The president is a, is a hero, uh, the American way, uh, who has uh, most of the times uh, fulfilled the American dream. Uh, uh, sometimes uh, came from nowhere and was and and was. Uh, uh, born in a very poor family and became this uh, hero, Ideally. this American hero, yeah. because he reached uh, the, the White House. And it's very important for these presidential libraries and for the country at large to tell these stories because this is how uh, America works. You constantly remind people that this is the place, the, the, this is the, the country of the American dream and, and the presidents and the Hollywood uh, stars and stuff. Uh, are uh, the main characters in this tale. So if you could just maybe make some comments about like how how you went about transforming this from from a a personal interest into not only an academic proposal but a grant proposal and event, and then a thesis. So I'm trying I'm trying to remember how it worked but um, um, it actually uh, played out quite well in terms of timing because during the two first semesters I was um, busy with um, the other studios and classes but I could start thinking about how to uh, uh, organize uh, this research and to uh, put together a subject for my thesis that would be compatible with the school uh, and actually the, um, the the fellowship the Butler fellowship uh, was a key uh, component uh, in this whole 
thing because uh, I knew that this would be an expensive research. Um, and uh, I also knew that uh, uh, applying to the butler would be a good uh, test for me. It would uh, help me get into the subject, formulate the ideas. It would force me to start early, uh, in other words. Um, and so uh, I, I think I started to work on the butler proposal around January, uh, a few months before it was due. Uh, for that reason, I knew that I would have to uh, um, dive into the research uh, in advance in order to uh, uh, put together an interesting proposal. Uh, I also knew that I would have to work on my the, the sort of organization of my uh, trip in order to make it um, um, realistic for the Butler Committee. And that was interesting too. How do you organize a trip to 13 different cities in a very limited amount of time uh, using a limited amount of money, uh, trying to make the trip as affordable as possible. So I studied a lot of different routes. I studied a lot of different uh, means of, um, of transportation. Um, and um, altogether, um, I uh, worked a lot on this Butler proposal. Um, then the other um, component that is uh, related to the way Princeton and maybe uni American universities in general work is that I discovered that there were also other opportunities along the way during my studies to uh, get this project started. One of them was a class, uh, we worked together in this class where we uh, could put together um, a proposal and uh, um, I produced this, uh, these two interviews of architects for this class, which was a good uh, uh, springboard for uh, then uh, launching the rest of my interview project. Um, that's actually during this previous semester uh, for this class that I learned how to uh, make an interview also from a technical point of view, the material, the, the equipment that I would have to use and so on. Uh, so that was the second um, the second uh, step, um, and then um, then the, the my my final semester my thesis semester where uh, I put together um, a, um, a proposal. But this also again this proposal evolved a lot along the way. So uh, even though I I had this uh, research project in mind a, a long time ago, uh, it really unfolded uh, in the last month. Uh, of the of the of the work, uh, what I what what was really the potential uh, of this research, and I think the potential was was really great. But it was interesting for me to see that uh, from the beginning there was some skepticism at Princeton in the architecture department uh, about the subject. Is is a presidential library an interesting subject for Princeton? Uh, if when I when I um, the street and went to the Woodrow Wilson School with my uh, research, there was much less skepticism. So that was an interesting discovery for me. Are you still interested in presidential libraries is one question. And if the project were to continue or if you have plans to continue, where would you go with it next? I am still interested, obviously, more than ever. Um, one of the things that came um, that came out a lot during the, the, the last semester was, okay, so are you um, criticizing the presidential libraries? Are you interested in them? Do you think they're good or bad? 
Uh, and obviously, I'm very interested, and I think they should uh, they should continue to exist. Uh, there's a lot of criticism against the institution. It costs a lot of uh, money to maintain them. Uh, it uh, it is. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go through all that here, but I think that they are a fascinating kind of institution, and I, I hope they are going to continue to exist. I, I just think that they need to sort of reinvent themselves. And so as uh, the next presidential library is being launched right now for Barack Obama, obviously, um, for me, that, uh, uh, that constitutes um, uh, um, an obvious uh, sort of... Um, um, if I was to, to if I was to continue working on it, I think there would be a lot of potential because there is a new presidential library uh, to um, to be created uh, in the next years. And um, if they want to do an interesting project, uh, uh, they have to change the model. So there's a lot of ideas to 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 bring on the table, and uh, who knows if they're gonna uh, if they're gonna want to do that or not? I don't know. Um, but I, I am more than ever interested after all the work that I've done. You've been listening to a conversation between Francois Leininger, master's student at Princeton University School of Architecture, and Trudy Watt, also a master's student at Princeton University School of Architecture, on Francois's research on the architecture of presidential libraries, produced for attention, the Audio Journal for Architecture, by Griffin Ofish. The conversation took place in Princeton on February 26, 2013.